Coming in here this morning, it was like coming into family. I, I appreciate your genuineness. Uh, everybody shook hands and everybody loved each other and it is like being a part of a family. Uh, and that is awesome. And I'm glad to uh, say um, that North Hills sends its greetings. Uh, I'm glad that we're in partnership together because uh, under Jesus Christ, uh, we are one body. And it doesn't matter if we meet at North Hills or if we meet at Alts Chapel or we meet down the road at some other church. Uh, we are under Jesus Christ, one body. And um, I will say this, if, if the name of Jesus, if you have issue with it, you're probably not going to like this morning's sermon. Um, oh, the pastor forgot his watch. Um, I, I didn't do that. Usually is a bad sign, but uh, don't worry. We'll get you out of here by 2 or 3 o'clock. And I, I know, I know, there's a, there's a clock back there, but you can't hold me to that. Um, and so, but as I prepared this message this morning, um, the name of Jesus came forth. And, and, and it will be said many, many times over this morning because it is all about Jesus. And I know you guys have been going through the book of Luke on Sunday mornings. And um, just so you know, North Hills just came out of about two and a half years traveling through Luke. So I know where you're at and where you're going. Uh, I don't think y'all are going to spend quite that long in the book of Luke. Um, but this morning we're going to be in Second Luke, or better known as the book of Acts. Um, it is also named the Acts of the Apostles. If I had to name it, I would say the Acts of the Apostles as in the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it really is a book that uh, shows the movement of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so this morning, uh, I thought it was a good thing, since y'all are going through Luke, to step ahead just a little bit and look at the book of Acts and see what's going on. And specifically, we're going to be in chapter 2 of Acts. Um, but before we read it, I want us to bring us up in, in Acts what's going on up to this point in chapter 2. So... Many of you will remember this. This is a great thing in the church. The Gospels end with basically the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus has died, been buried. He was crucified, buried, and rose again on the third day and met with His disciples. And then Luke picks up in Acts, he picks up with the ascension of Jesus. And so... We see in the first chapter of Acts, uh, Jesus addressing His followers, and He gives in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, a very um, popular or a very well-known passage. He talks about uh, us being His witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. Um, and many churches and organizations have used that as a mantra, as a motto, uh, to go out, and I wish if I had time with you, I would I would sit there for a little while and teach you about that because um, on the surface it seems very straightforward, but I think that there was many things, especially in church today, things that we could learn from that. And in a minute, we'll we'll hit on a little bit of that, but we want to move ahead just a little bit. And so after Jesus calls out and says, "You're going to be my witnesses," He is ascended into heaven, and then. The believers are all in the upper room and they're together. And just a few days after Jesus' ascension, uh, the Holy Spirit comes, the flaming tongues, and we could sit there and we could learn a lot. 
Um, but we're going to move ahead from that too. And after they received the Holy Spirit, what did they do? They went out and preached in the street. And if you'll remember, the crowd was from all over the world at that time. There were people from all over uh, in Jerusalem and they heard the message in their own language. So the, the uh, disciples were going out teaching and by the power of the Spirit, people heard the Gospel in their own language. And so that is where we want to pick up this morning. Um, I'm going to read for you, starting in verse 36, uh, which is the very end of Peter's sermon here. Um, I'm going to read 36, and I'm going to read all the way to the end, and then we'll jump right in. So chapter 2, verse 36 of Acts. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made Him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you have crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, and as many as the Lord your God will call to Himself. And with many words He solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from the perverse generation. So then those who had received His word were baptized, and the day they were added about 3,000 souls. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together, and all things were in common. And they began selling their property and possessions, and were sharing them with all, as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing in one mind in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Praise God, and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were saved. God, this morning as we uh, open up Your Word and as we we seek out um, what You have in here to, to show us, to teach us, and what, what was going on here, Father, I pray that You, uh, just like the people that heard about this, that You will pierce our hearts, that You will um, make us new, that You will uh, not let us go away from this unchanged, Father. And it's in your son's name, Jesus, we pray. So, verse 42, when I told Michael what I was going to preach about, he's like, that's awesome because verse 42 is used in some of your church documents. I was told I did not get a copy of those, so I can't specifically talk to any of that. But he did say that verse 42 here was used, and it is the same at North Hills. We We use 42 as... Uh, a basis for things that we devote ourselves to in church. And many churches have used that as a, a basis for what church should be and what they should devote themselves to. And so we're going to get there, but um, we have to see what was going on before they devoted themselves to those things because um, those things taken by themselves uh, would not be enough. It is not the New Testament. And so... I want us to look at and see that Jesus was central to everything done in the New Testament church. Jesus Christ 
was the beginning point. He was the middle point. He was the ending point. He was everything to do with the New Testament church. When the apostles were given the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they went out and preached Jesus. They preached the good news of Jesus Christ. The fact that He came and was buried. And, and we ended up, when Peter got up at the end after the other guys have had their turn, Peter got up and gave the sermon. And we just read the very ending. He said, This Jesus whom you crucified was made both Lord and Christ. Peter called Him out as God. He said, you, He is Lord. And in front of all these good Jewish people said, look, He's not only just our Messiah, but He was God Himself come to earth for us. And because of that, he, Jesus Christ was preached and was taught and He is our saving faith. He is our beginning and our end in church. We could take the things in verse 42 and we could have a good religion. We could, we could pour those out and, and, and do church. And many times we get distracted by what we do in church. I don't know about your church. I, I don't know everything that goes on here at Alts Chapel, but in North Hills, there's, there's always something going on, right? I mean, there's, there's stuff in people's lives and we, we pray for them and we talk to them and, and there's always something going on. We, we got children's stuff going on. This week, our youth are going to go away for a couple of days. Um, and so there's always something going on and it seems as if we could be distracted um, on a regular basis from what is central. Um, but Jesus Christ is central to the New Testament church, to what our church should be. And it would be my thought that without Jesus Christ, we don't have a church. We have an organization. We have a, we have a non-profit or something. We, we don't have a church without Jesus Christ. It is a big deal. And Jesus Christ came to us as God Himself. He knew where we're at. He, he died a death that you and I could not die. He paid a debt that you and I could not pay in any way, shape, or form. And He was God come here to save us. Save us to Himself. He is central to the church. And as we go through the rest of this chapter, we can't forget that. We can, we can get wrapped up in church. We can get wrapped up in the things, um, the, the practicality of church and sometimes leave behind Jesus. Let's not do that, okay? Let's, let's just say that up front. Let's, let's not, let's not have Alts Chapel or North Hills or any other church for that matter forget our first love. Uh, that is Jesus. God Almighty. So, Jesus is central. So, what then? What what is that mean? What is what is, what should happen then? What what did the early church? If this is, if we remember, this is only weeks after Jesus was crucified. I mean, we're within in in this point of history, Luke. Luke probably wrote this several years, I mean probably a couple of decades or so after the events happened, but the decade the events that he is writing about the point in history we're only weeks away from the crucifixion and the people that heard this message, the people that heard Peter get up and speak, most likely 
either were there when Jesus was crucified or knew somebody that was. And, uh, and many of them saw those events transpire. Many of them saw Jesus Christ physically come back and saw Him walking the streets and, and talking. And, um, and a unique point in history, no doubt, um, would be if some man ever invents a time machine, might be a point in history that we'd want to go back to. Um, just to, to see the awe that these people, in fact, in verse 43 it says, they kept feeling a sense of awe. And, um, and you can imagine if you just saw a man be crucified and then hear people talking or see for yourself this man walking the streets, what was going on. And, um, and so these days following his crucifixion and his ascension, uh, were unique. And, and so with Jesus being central to everything, what transpired then? I mean, did the New Testament, well, did they run out and build a church building, uh, start canvassing the, you know, neighborhoods with flyers saying, look, we got this new church popping up here. Uh, we're going to, you know, give hot dogs out on Saturday. Would you, you know, yeah, y'all can come and check us out, you know, you know, whatever. I don't, don't think I'm hating on hot dogs because we're actually doing hot dogs next Saturday at the trailer park down the road. So yeah, I'm not hating on hot dogs, but that's, you know, tube steak is great. But anyway, I mean, what, what happened? Did they, they didn't, if, North Hills is a church plant, and we're only about three years old. And um, I'm going to tell you, John and I, our pastor, sat in many a conference, and I say many, we, we went to several, and there was all these ideas on what church, how you should start a church, how you should do church. And it's like, we get to the end of the conference, and John and I be like, well, I guess we'll go to the next one. <laughs> um, and so... I mean, we get, we get caught up in starting an organization, but that's not what happened here in the New Testament. They did, they didn't worry about starting up a new organization. They realized Jesus was central and then out of that flowed some things that they ended up devoting themselves to. And the very first thing in verse 42 that they devoted themselves to they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, I don't know about you, but I haven't met an apostle. There was, according to the scripture, there was there's thirteen of them. All right, don't don't call me blasphemous. There was the original twelve, and Judas got kicked out. And then, actually, if you read chapter one of Acts, you'd see that they called Matthias. Uh, to to fill his place. So at this point in history, there were twelve apostles, and and that's what they were doing. They were around the apostles, and the apostles were teaching. And well, the apostles haven't lived for two thousand years, so they're not here teaching us. Um, so what do we have? We actually have something greater. We have something more complete and more accessible to us, and it happens to be these pages right here. This this word of God. It is. The apostles' teaching, it is the gospel, it is what they taught. Uh, we can see very clearly in Scripture what the apostles taught, and it is Jesus Christ. And this is, I don't know if you realize it, but the pinnacle of our Bible is Jesus. 
from the very beginning, from Genesis, it is all leading up to salvation in Jesus Christ. It is who the whole Bible is pointing to. It is what is going towards. It is Jesus Christ, salvation in Christ. And that is the pinnacle of the Bible as a whole. And so it should be what we are devoted to. Um, I know your church, and I have enjoyed getting to know Michael over the last um, year or so. I, I don't get to meet with him on a regular basis, but I have had the opportunity, and I, I enjoy it. And I know when he gets up here to teach that he teaches the Word of God, and he does it way more adequately than I could ever do. And when you guys teach your kids, and when you do anything in this church teaching-wise, it is grounded in Scripture. I know that. I, I've, I, I can attest to that. And at North Hills, it's the same way. When we get up on Sunday mornings, it is the Word of God in which we are teach. We're not going to teach modern philosophy or anything else. It is the Word of God. But we cannot only devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. It can't be just, okay, well, my pastor teaches this, so we're good. This is a very individual thing. It says all of them were devoting themselves. They were devoting themselves on a continual basis to the apostles' teaching. It is something that if we realize who Jesus is, if we wholeheartedly, if He is Lord of our life, then it is going to be natural that we desire to learn and process and lead out the gospel in which He has given us, the good news in which He has given us. It is going to be a process by which it is going to fill us so much that it comes out in our work, in our homes. It is not going to be just on Sunday morning or on Wednesday nights or any other church activity time. It will be something that is total in our life. It is something that is completely devoted to. The Word of God is unbelievable. We live in a day where this is more accessible to people than ever in history. I don't know the exact number of languages that this Bible is in, um, but you and I can pull up our phones and have the Bible, read Scripture. We can, I don't know, if you come to my house, I've got three or four bookshelves full of books at the house, whatever, but I could probably fill up half of one of those with just Bibles, right? I mean, and... If we just went around this church right here, there's probably a hundred Bibles. I mean, if we just started collecting Bibles, you could probably just collect Bibles and, and have them. In fact, in my truck, um, my aunt gave me a box. If you need a Bible this morning, I have in my truck this morning, I have a box of Bibles out in my truck. And you can have one. You can have two. Um, and probably in just about any translation you want to have it in. And I may even have some Spanish Bibles out there. Um, it is more accessible than any other point in history. Um, and it seems as if 
the more accessible the Word of God has become, um, we have been more lackadaisical in church and uh, hiding its Word in our hearts. Bibles even have these nice little things with ribbons, and I should have used one as my Bible closed. Um, the Apostles' teaching, um, they devoted themselves in that. And because Scripture is leading us to Jesus, as we delve in, as we devote ourselves to Scripture, it's going to bring us back to Christ. If we read this and we study this and we're devoted to what it teaches and what it says and we're implementing it in our lives and we're, we're reading it to, to gain not merely knowledge but to how we can not sin against God. That's what the Word says. We should hide its Word in our hearts so that we may not sin against God. If, if we're doing that, it's going to be all pointing us back to Jesus. And so Jesus Christ is central and as we devote ourselves to the Word is going to be pointing us back to Jesus. But there's more that they devoted themselves to in the New Testament church and more that will come out of Jesus being central as He is our salvation. Not only will we devote ourselves to the Word, um, but the next thing that it says is they devoted themselves to fellowship. And you probably heard this word in church. Uh, I mean, fellowship, I mean... I come from a Baptist church, so we like to eat. Um, I know that you guys don't like to eat, so I, we like to eat, and tube steaks are fine. It doesn't matter what you eat, chicken, tube steaks, it doesn't matter as long as there's food, okay? And so we like to eat, and we call that fellowship. I mean, we, we get together once a month, and we have dinner after church or whatever, or we have friends over, and we call that fellowship. And that is fellowship. Um, but the word fellowship here is koinia. It is it is actually means live life together. Um, as these, if if we just took this little section and we looked at the lives of the New Testament church, they were daily living life together. They were about each other. In fact, the few verses after forty two, it shows that they were so much involved in each other's lives that they saw needs in others and were selling stuff so that they could meet those needs and that they were sharing everything in their lives. Um, that is way different than the American dream. Um, that's way different than good old Southern folk because I work. I get off at whatever time, four, five, six o'clock. I go home, have some time with my family, and then, you know, might catch a ball game on, something like that, the Cubs preferably. But, yes, I know, I, I took a jab, I did. But, and then I go to bed, and then I'll get up and do it the next day, right? And and that's that's our lives. We We feel like we deserve to have our lives. Our, our lives is our lives. Um, but God is calling us to be a part of a body. He is calling us to be a part of each other's lives. We should care so deeply for each other that we understand their needs. Um, one of the things that I've enjoyed about I, I came, our family came from 
uh, a church that was much larger. Um, and while we had connections with people, when we moved to North Hills, one of the things that excited us was I knew everybody. I mean, this morning at North Hills, there's about this many people. And I can tell you stuff that's going on in every single one of their lives. Uh, I can tell you how I prayed for them this week. I could tell you what they've asked for in prayer, and they could tell you probably in my life what I need prayer for. And um, and in our culture, that's a little weird to be ultra-involved in people's lives. That's that's not normal. That's not the way we, we want to do it. Um, but... These people in the New Testament, as they loved Jesus so much and as they listened to the apostles and their teaching, flew out of, flows out of that a, a fellowship, a, a one, a kindred heart. Um, and in this particular passage, it says they were of one mind in the temple. And they fellowshiped together. They lived life together. They didn't just see each other on Sundays, say, hey, and go about their merry way. Uh, we as a church, as the church, as church with a big C, overarching, not just Alls Chapel, not just North Hills, but the church, we should be about loving our brothers and sisters. It has to come out. It has to be part of who we are. Um, and I, to be honest, I felt that this morning as I stepped into this room that you guys loved each other that you are a family. Um, and I can tell you just from the expressions on your faces and the way that you've handled each other this morning that that is a part of who you are here. And uh, I will say this, that as we love each other and as we live life with each other, it will bring us into that one heart and one mind and we will continually each be pointing each other to Jesus. It, it is all about Him. We're not coming into a church just so we can have relationships. Um, we're not coming into a church so that we can have social contact or uh, a social meeting, gathering place. It is all pointing back to Jesus. As these people in the New Testament church met as they fellowship, it says that they were added to their number daily. It was this world around them said, man, these people are selling stuff, they're giving up their stuff, they're, they're spending all this time together, and out of that, people were coming to know Jesus Christ. It is, He is central, and as we learn His Word, we're going to come back to Christ, and as we fellowship and live life together, we're going to come back to Christ, and we're going to bring others into that. They also devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. Which, on the surface, for a good Baptist, that's awesome. Breaking of bread. So, there we go. We should eat. But, uh, the wording here is specifically talking about communion. Uh, it, it is talking about the Lord's Supper. However you want to title that. It is talking about what Jesus put into place on that last meal with His disciples as He said, take, eat, this is My body. Drink, this is the blood in which I've shed. So, 
This is what they devote. They, they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, but they also to the practices that God put in place. And if you'll remember, what was the Lord's Supper put in place for? It was put in place so that we would remember, right? Do this oft as, as often as you do. Remember me. Remember that I shed my blood. Remember that I gave up my body. And Peter just said to this crowd, he's like, this is God whom you crucified. And as they taught, as they took the bread, as they drank, they remembered the bodily sacrifice that our Savior gave on a regular basis. They would remember what Jesus Christ did. Remember this, we're only weeks away from that event happening. I mean, they're days. This is, and they needed reminding of what Jesus Christ did. I mean, some of these people that are taking communion here, many of them were there and saw it, and still they needed this to be reminded of what Jesus Christ did. How much more so do we need reminding? How much more so should we be continually remembering what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you and I? The fact that He was God and He came to save us and He led a life that you and I could not lead so that He could pay a price that you and I would never pay. And He stood on a cross and shed His blood and died in one of the most horrific scenes in history, if the most horrific scene in history. And they continually remembered that. They continually went back to what Jesus had done for them. They, they went to the communion table so that they could remember what Jesus had done because Jesus was central to their lives. He was Lord. He led their lives. And we could stop there. They could have stopped and said, look, we got, we're devoted to the Word and we're devoted to each other and we're devoted to our practices. And if you and I wanted to just have a religion, that'd be great, right? I mean, we got a document that we adhere to. We got a, a group of people that we're connected to and Look, and we have some practices that we're going to put in place. I mean, if you're going to come up with a religion, there you go. That, that's, that's a great way to have a religion. But the truth about Christianity is it is not about those things. It is about our relationship with Jesus Christ. It is about our relationship with the Father through Jesus and the power of the Spirit. And this last thing that they devoted themselves to was prayer. They devoted themselves to communication with the God that has saved them. They realized what God had done for them. They realized that He had sent Himself to die on a cross and that He was their salvation. And they realized that they had no hope other than Jesus. And because of that, they would openly pray to their Father. Christianity has no hope outside of Jesus. 
we can talk a good talk and we can say all these things that we want to do. We can practice. We can we could read this word right here all we want, but without Jesus Christ in our lives as Lord, it's a word on a page. Because this word is pointing to Jesus. Our fellowship should be about Jesus. And ultimately, we're going to pray to God the Father in Jesus' name by the power of the Spirit. He came and died for us, and so we have a relationship with Him. We have communication with God. Jesus Christ is central, and out of that flows a dedication, a devotion to the Gospel, to His Word, which would bring us back to Jesus. And out of that will flow a dedication, a devotion to His people who as a group will be bringing people back to Jesus. And we will devote ourselves to what God has called us to and remember what Jesus Christ did for us is bringing us back to Jesus. And we will be in communication with our God which is only because of Jesus. Now, what's not in that list? I told you that North Hills was a church plant. That we went to multiple you know, venues and listened to these guys talk on how to start a church and came away disappointed many times. What's, what's not in the list? I mean, if you and I, like good, like not not like we're starting a crazy religion, but if we just wanted to start a church, we would say number one thing is evangelism. I, we would start with, well, we realize Jesus is Lord, so let's go tell people. Why didn't they devote themselves to, to the going and telling? To, to spreading the Gospel? It's because everything they did was spreading the Gospel. It was... Everything they did as they, as they learned the, what the apostles taught, it was, it was coming out of them. And as they fellowshiped together, it was showing the gospel to people. And as they broke bread, they remembered the gospel. And as they prayed, it was about the gospel. And Jesus, God Almighty, the Godhead three in one was bringing to their number daily. It's not like it's not, it's, it's not that it's missing in this, in this group, in this list. It was, everything was about Jesus. And if in our lives, if we're devoted, if we realize that Jesus is our only hope and He is our foundation and He is everything that we're about as a body of believers, as individual believers, as the church, this building is not the church, you are. And if we realize that Jesus Christ is who He says He was and He died a death that you and I could not have died and He rose again and He will come back one day and He is our Lord, then everything that we are about, everything that we are about will be sharing the Gospel. It will come out in unique ways. It will come out in our fellowship with each other and how we interact. It will come out in our prayers and it will come out in 
every part of life. Whether we're at work having a hard day, or whether we're home with screaming kids, or whether we're watching the Cubs get beat by the Cardinals. It will come out. So this morning, you guys realize that we can't get lost in doing church. We can't we can't just get caught up in all the activities, all all the things that go along with having a building and having a group of people. Because I know it's easy. My my job at North Hills, my what they've asked me to do is administrative stuff. So I come in and I start buying toilet paper and I you know, I make sure we have trash bags and I make sure that, you know, all the airs are set right so we're not wasting money and I I mean it's just what I've been asked to do. And it's easy in that sense to uh get distracted from who we are as believers. Let's let's as the church let's remember who Jesus Christ is this morning. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to turn it back over to Ryan. And God, um, thank You for sending Jesus. Thank You that You sent Yourself um, to make a way of salvation for us. Thank You that You gave us Your Word that we have to to learn about You and about um, the things of You. And thank You that You didn't leave us by ourselves and that You gave us other believers around us to, to fellowship with and live life together with. And um, I, I thank You that I can even pray this morning um, that I can have a line of communication with You. And I pray for my brothers and sisters here this morning and around this globe that we will not get bogged down in life, um, that we will continually look to You and that we will uh, continually realize the sacrifice that You made and that because of that, Father, I, I pray that our lives um, exemplify the Gospel in a way that others come to know You as Lord and Savior. God, I, I pray for this group that uh, as they go forth, that they um, that they will look to you for everything. That as a as a body, that they will uh, continually be drawn back to Jesus, and Jesus will be central in their lives and in their church. And it's in His name we pray all of these things. Amen.